Hi, this is Greg Kilstrom. Welcome to the Agile World Podcast, where we discuss customer experience, employee experience, and transformation in an agile age. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at theagile.world and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, The Center of Experience, a blueprint for creating an experience-led organization, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile World Podcast. I'm excited to introduce part two of a special three-part series about data analytics brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. Today, we're going to talk about evolving business models using data and how data is critical to successfully navigating disruption. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome data analytics and insights leader, Jennifer Kling. First, why don't you tell me a little bit about your background and what you do at Tech Systems? Thanks, Greg. Um, as uh, you introduced me, I am the director of our data analytics and insights division at Tech Systems. I support a team across North America, helping our customers solve their most challenging data issues. Let's start by talking about data and its relationship to business. How does data shape and inform changes to an organization's business model? The value of data is greater than ever before. Not only has the sheer volume of data grown exponentially over the last few years, it's expected to continue to do so. We also have new tools that are being developed and have been developed to help us turn this flood of raw data into insights and eventually into action. One of the most important things that we've seen is machine learning rapidly advancing to the forefront of analytics. For organizations to really begin to explore greater opportunities, not only within their existing business model, but as they continue to expand, they're going to need to harness the amount of data that they have access to, to help them make intelligent data-driven decisions that will help them thrive and survive in the future. What are some of the biggest obstacles to companies creating a data-driven culture? In a data culture, people need to ask hard questions and challenge ideas. The importance of engaging with stakeholders to secure buy-in and ongoing support in treating data as an asset, not just as a byproduct. When organizations come together with a shared mission to improve the organization and themselves with data, they inspire others through their action, basing decisions on data, not on intuition. Furthermore, becoming a truly data-driven organization requires changing mindsets, attitudes, and habits, embedding data and analytics into all aspects of the organization. A data-driven culture starts at the very top. Organizations with a strong data-driven culture tend to have top managers who set an expectation that decisions must be anchored in data. That's normal. It's not an exceptional thing anymore. And they lead through example. Um, so you mentioned there being a lot of data to, to pour through and a lot, of, a lot of points that organizations are having to having to take into account, how does an organization determine which data points are most important and prioritize? Um, I typically see organizations prioritizing their data-related initiatives in, in four main areas. 
Will it overall help reduce cost, increase revenue, mitigate risk, or improve experience? Um, I think the first three are pretty self-explanatory, but the improving experience is not only around improving the experience of the customer, but it could also be around improving the experience that the, the end user or the user within an organization has when utilizing a tool, whether it be a software product or an analytics product. So when organizations are trying to find uh, points of data or problems to solve, it's usually centered around one of those four main areas, um, which typically will also cross multiple lines of business. And together, working across those lines of business to solve these main four challenges, um, they're able to quickly identify um, the key main points of data that they need and then where they have gaps and begin to develop solutions. So we're... We're certainly living in unprecedented times with massive changes to how work is being done during the COVID-19 pandemic. Let's discuss data's relationship to these changes. How can organizations leverage their data in times of uncertainty like this? Well, there, there's a few different things um, I think organizations can do. First, understanding what data they have and what data they have been collecting over a certain period of time. And using that data, to, to do a couple of things. Um, identify new lines of business or products to sell to new and existing customers. Um, the other thing that they can do is, um, and we've seen certainly through this pandemic, a heavy focus on for supply chain dependent organizations in using their data to uncover additional suppliers, providers of components, rerouting or changing transportation means and getting their products from whether it be warehouses to the ultimate customer. Um, all, all of these things require historical knowledge of data and how products are consumed and by whom, and then alternative ways to get their goods and services to a customer. So, an example of this is, you know, we've seen tremendous supply chain disruptions um, throughout this pandemic through very unforeseen things um, or unforeseen um, events. So if there was if there's a hurricane, for example, um, that we typically see, um, you know, you'll see rushes on um, bread and milk and eggs, you know, the staples at the grocery store. Um, there was nothing to indicate that there will be a massive rush on toilet paper and hand sanitizers and all sorts of food, creating all these supply chain disruptions that we've heard about in, um, in the news. And it's not that there aren't products that could make it to a consumer. It's that they're not packaged correctly or they're not at an optimal location to be shipped to a customer. So these type of supply chain disruptions have really been an opportunity for some organizations to leverage their data to help uncover additional suppliers, ways to get existing product to customers, and then be able to predict the next, the next wave of, of demand for their goods or services. So you mentioned supply chain issues. Are there other industries uh, that are being impacted by the pandemic and, and what industries are being most impacted by it? Well, I, I think almost every um, industry has felt some type of an impact. Um, manufacturing, travel and transportation and retail, I think most folks would agree have had 
the greatest amount of impact. I mean, quickly followed by, you know, energy um, and resource related um, industries, high tech, um, even healthcare organizations. Um, the, the first three, manufacturing, travel and transportation and retail have, you know, we can clearly see where um, manufacturing and retail tied to the supply chain have had an impact and, and then travel and transportation being on a lockdown or um, very restricted travel has has significantly impacted have has impacted those industries. What type of data and analytics skills are most critical for organizations to be successful in this type of situation and today in general? Well, at the, at the end of the day, in a data-driven culture, it's ultimately about the people. So even with the best technologies and processes, if people don't understand how to work with data, then they're not going to succeed in this data-driven culture. What we're seeing right now, the most in-demand and critical skills for organizations are machine learning and artificial intelligence, the ability to do um, predictive and prescriptive analytics, data mining, and being able to identify and solve problems using this data. Although there have been many changes during these times, it does seem like there are a few things that have remained rather constant. Even with furloughs, layoffs, and workforce reductions, IT talent is still very hard to find. What do you recommend to organizations who are struggling to find data and analytics talent? Well, I I think there's a few different things that organizations can do. Um, First, looking at upskilling new and existing employees. Um, This can be accomplished via specialized training um, that will help the individuals either get the skills that they're going to need to be successful at their new jobs if they're new in the organization or be successful in this new data-driven culture. Another option is looking at organizations with specialization and expertise in these same areas to help them solve problems. So if um, an organization wants to, we went back and we talked about the, the four main areas where organizations are focused on solving problems, you know, reducing, uh, reducing costs, increasing revenue, mitigating risk, and improving experience. Working with a partner uh, that has expertise in solving those problems, utilizing the tools and technologies that are the same or similar within your organization and with a proven track record within your industry are really some things that organizations can do to make sure that they have not only the right talent, but the right talent to solve the business problem in the most efficient and effective way to keep the total cost of ownership as low as possible. So thinking about re-entry plans, uh, you know, thinking about how organizations mobilize their workforce to re-enter markets and re-enter business in general, what, what role can data play or how can it inform an organization's re-entry plan? Um, you know, really, as organizations are looking at their workforce re-entry plans, one of the th- one of the roles that data can really play is in looking at how successful teams and, and folks within the organization were in these remote type scenarios. How successful were they at solving problems and collaborating? We've had uh, over really a very short period of time and a very accelerated adoption of working remote capabilities, video conferencing, engaging with team members, customers, vendors, and suppliers. So as organizations are really looking at remobilizing their workforce and what those reentry plans and return to work plans might look like, I think 
we should expect things to look different. Um, you often hear the term the new normal. I think the new normal is going to look a hybrid between where we are um, or were within the pandemic and uh, a, a little bit of what we had before. But we've proven over a very short period of time that we can engage in a more digital way with customers, with vendors and suppliers. And, and for that reason, I think organizations will look to continue where it made sense, where it helped reduce costs, improve employee satisfaction, and um, provide true value to the customer. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I mean, it's it, before this pandemic and so many people working remotely, all of this was hypothetical, right? That uh, having a lot of people doing remote work would, in, whether it increases employee satisfaction or even in some cases I've heard, increases productivity. Uh, so it's it's interesting now that we have a before and after a set of data to, to work with. I mean, do you think that some industries are going to be forever changed and some may go back a little bit uh, or go back more to, to being normal? Or do you think there's going to be you know wholesale changes across the board? I think some things will be forever changed, um, not just the organizations and how they operate, but their ultimate customer. Uh, for an example, I, I don't imagine ever going into a grocery store to just browse around anymore. I have really become accustomed to ordering my groceries, driving up and having them put in the trunk of my car and off I go. Um, the, that provides me with a tremendous value and because of the time that I'm saving and knowing that I can get everything I want at one store. Um, so for for some some businesses, it, it's going to change the way that they're interacting with their customer. And it has changed the way that they interact with their customer. Um, you know, there'll be other organizations or other types of um, businesses w that will go back to, to um, a more normal, like restaurants are still going to see people wanting to come in and eat at those restaurants. There are going to be a number of individuals that have decided that they like the, the ability to eat food from their favorite restaurant, but have it delivered immediately to their home or to be able to pick it up and eat it at home. And these are some of the things that weren't always available prior to this pandemic. But very quickly, businesses have adapted to um, an online presence, mobile ordering, delivery, and a variety of different ways to service their customers. Um, Travel will probably, and you know, travel and entertainment will probably get back to some type of pre-pandemic normal. Um, people will always need to travel, but I do believe, given the time that we've had to invest in in video conferencing and telepresence, um, maybe it, it won't be as often and as, and as uh, frequent as it once was. And, and one final thought. Um, for my family, I, I can't imagine us needing to go to the doctor unless something is broken. Um, we've enjoyed telemedicine um, and being able to quickly engage with our physician um, and and get the you know get what it is that we need without the time investment of driving to an office, sitting there waiting for an appointment, you know, waiting for our appointment time to start, um, all of that. So there have been some huge efficiencies gained. So some things may. Re try to return to normal and other things may be really dictated by the consumer 
and what they prefer now and their their ability to be comfortable with utilizing technology for certain services. Well, Jennifer, thanks so much for joining the show. Uh, for those listening, what is the best way to keep up with what you and Tech Systems are doing in the data analytics space? Um, please, please visit TechSystems.com. We're continually adding stories around how we've helped customers solve you know, their business problems um, about our new and emerging partnerships, our strategic partnerships with organizations and with software providers and our tools and accelerators to help with implementations. Again, I'd like to thank Jennifer Kling from Tech Systems for joining the show. Learn more about Tech Systems and their perspective on data at techsystems.com slash version next now. I'm Greg Kilstrom. Thanks for listening to the Agile World. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Agile World podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. You can learn more and get a copy of my latest book, The Center of Experience, from my website at theagile.world or on Amazon or other retailers. Until next week, stay agile.